why do landlords quit? If it's proven throughout history that wealth is built by holding real estate, the richy rich hold real estate, why do some landlords get on the property ladder and then quit? In order to have this conversation, I have the one and only Dion from Dion Talk Financial Freedom to go through a game of ping pong where we are going to go back and forward three times and see what this list looks like. How you doing, Dion? Howdy. I'm doing great. Actually, I kind of have a list already. I know sometimes we spring a topic to see what's in top of mind awareness, but since I was on the cusp of retiring the last couple of years and then finally did in 2022, I've uh, walked away from a job that I loved, but time freedom just wins. It's, it's why I'm hanging out in Vegas right now because I don't even know what day of the week it is. It's probably a work day. Um, oh, no, it's Tuesday because we're recording. There we go. Yeah, Tuesday. Uh, I could do that. I knew that now. Uh, I know the main reason that was consistent across the board that almost every single person I talked to who used to own rentals but left the industry uh, that's what I was trying to find. Is at first, how I had to figure out how to find them because you can hear about all the successes. You hear about the bird that killed it. You don't hear about the, the birds that lost money. You hear about the flip that worked out great. But but the people who quit, they're not in these communities anymore. And I found them in the stock groups right? because they were still investors. They just found a different way to invest. Um, so I'll give the first one, which was the one that was the most consistent. And then I'll talk about some that weren't. The first one, the biggest mistake everyone made that is the, the reason why they quit. And they all said, I should have done this. It's So it wasn't, this happened to me, so I quit. It was, I didn't do this, so I quit. It was not raising the rents. Really? And, and, and in those groups, whenever anybody talked about raising the rents, because they were stock groups, they would get pounced on. First, uh, don't be a landlord. It's, it's, it's horrible. Second, um, you'll lose good tenants if you raise the rent, right? So instead, you're going to lose the asset because you never raised the rent. Uh, so that's where one of the reasons why the binder strategy made me feel confident. Okay, that that's not going to be a thing that makes me quit. I'm, I'm not going to raise the rent so much. I have turnover. I have happy tenants. Um, they ask for the rent increase. Uh, so that's my first one. Yeah. So when I think about uh, landlords that have quit is um, my my biggest answer is they didn't do the work. They They thought they were smarter and they tried to do some kind of shortcut. Real estate investing has decades, if not hundreds of years of proven success. It is a slow daily grind up the mountain. Some people arrogantly or whatnot try to create some super shortcut. And maybe they heard it online. Maybe they heard it someplace. Maybe it worked for one person. But then they try to make it their own. There are no shortcuts. 100% leverage so you can get you know, this or that, or rental arbitrage for this or that, or this, uh, just, there are no shortcuts. Focus, daily discipline, do the work, one step in front of another. I'm sorry, it just takes time. I don't have, there are no shortcuts in real estate investing is my first one. So kind of down the list of these are the things that people, uh, you know, the main one, if if I had read, because even Graham Stephan, he said, I sold off some of my rentals because I just wasn't getting the return that I could um, on almost any other thing. He said, but it's been 10 years, 10 years, no rent increases. Raise the rents, buddy. <laughs> right. So imagine right now. And he even admitted in a comment on your channel saying, yeah, that was my mistake. I should have done that. And you don't have to jack them up a bunch, but you have to consistently con you know, consider inflation and cost of maintenance and repairs and taxes and insurance and those things. Um, and then, you know, if, if who wouldn't 
lose money right now if you were renting at 2013 rents with 2020 oh. prices on your properties. So of course he can go out and get a savings account at 0.05% interest and make more money. So I think the other thing that popped up a lot, and um, this was kind of an issue for me in the beginning, but I had a plan for it, was trying to do it all yourself. Mm. The, the, and it starts before you're even an investor. The, one of the biggest questions that comes up in these um, forums is, should I get a realtor license to yeah. be an investor? Because then I can search, I can get the commission, I can, no, no, I'm going to hire a professional. I, I can go out and put the roof on. My brother roofs his own places. He's crazy. But I'll pay a professional to go up there and do that, right? Um, so if you're handling the maintenance calls, if you're handling the accounting and you're trying to file your taxes without a CPA because $500 to $1,500 is going to break you, the stress of doing it and not knowing if you did it right is going to be more impactful than a $1,500 bill. Uh, get your handyman in place. Get your systems in place. I self-manage. And I, I I went to a property in the last year to film a video, to film mm. this recorded video, right? I wanted, I'd wanted i never been in the unit. I was like, oh, the tenant moved out of, out of the area. So I'm going to go do a tenant turnover. I've never been in. I wanted to go see. Found it. Actually, I had a more, an, a, an extra bedroom I didn't know about. So good. Um that's but tenant turnovers, that kind of stuff, even self-managing, it's been five years, I think, since I've actually had to go to a property for something I was going to handle. Uh, uh, but in the beginning, I would go. And it wasn't so I was, this was my plan. I wasn't doing, trying to do it all myself. It was, I wanted to work side by side with a handyman to one, kind of learn a few things, right? But two, know the scope of a job so that when I get a, an estimate before I do a project, I know if they're even close to reasonable. So my next one is uh, the debt. Uh, I've been doing this 22 years. I've seen dozens and dozens of people bust out and it will happen again. I'm calling for it in the next two years. It's always the debt, whether it's variable rate debt from years gone by to short-term bird debt today. Uh, whether I don't know if people know this, but um, Freddie Mac just changed the duration for cash out refis. So if you're, if you're going to do a burr, and you were hoping for a six-month seasoning, oh, good luck. Now it's 12. That's going to change the numbers. So, again, it's always the debt. It's always the debt that blows people out. And this is why I think multifamily is in for so much pain because the debt, just naturally speaking, for most people is five-year arms. Some people got stupid, you know, one, two, three-year bridge debt with bad assumptions, and I'm just salivating waiting, waiting for these assets to come up because – I got ready. I raised the dry powder. I got I I spent almost nine months getting all my variable rate debt fixed with non-QM lenders. It's not easy, but I got it done. So, um, yeah, it's always the debt. So, what do you got for the final one, Dion? My my final one. I mean, it's it's the debt makes sense and it kind of ties into this too because if you talk to anybody in two thousand and nine or ten and you go investor or homeowner, you know why'd you why'd you lose the property? Why'd you get out of investing? They it would come down to debt. I not only got the adjustable rate, but at that point in time, it was a ninja loan. So they probably shouldn't have borrowed that much. And then they did 104% loan to value so that they could wrap the closing costs in like debt blew up. Um, so I still have the, I will never touch an adjustable rate mortgage, even if it was a really small part of my portfolio and I was taking a gamble. It's just, I don't want to think about rates in five years or 10 years. So the, the last one to wrap up on why landlords quit is timing the market. Mm -hmm. 
And it's not always just a buy and hold investor timing the market. The, the reason a buy and hold investor timing the market might quit is because they're comparing themselves to how well someone did who purchased a property in 2011 compared to what they're buying now. And they're saying, well, I'm just not doing as good as them, so I'm going to quit. You don't compete with them. You compete with you yesterday, try to do better tomorrow. But the strategies that rely on a market doing a certain thing. You know, Millennial Mike's example, uh, he killed it. He ended up, you know, because he did it right. He had a portfolio in place, got the systems in, then tried his first couple of burbs. And interest rates went from 3% when he purchased to over 6% when he went to the, the last R of, you know, the refinance before the repeat. Uh, timing the market on a flip, the last 10 years flipping, a delay, you made more money. Yeah. You mess up something, you just wait a little bit, the, the market makes up for your mistakes. The next couple of years, who knows if it's going to mm -hmm. be the same, right? And and then the, the 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 other one, the people who quit real estate because they never start from mm. timing the market. They're they're still timing the market. They're saying, I'm going to wait yeah. for this to happen, then I'm going to buy. And and this YouTube channel told me to wait because of these things that yeah. that they've been talking about for years that haven't happened, but they're going to happen now. Yeah, six so six more months, Dion. Six more months. It's always just, six just more wait. months. Exactly. Just wait. Well, my third and final one is something that always annoys me. I hear it a lot from California investors. I'm sure it's said elsewhere, but uh, they buy cheap. Uh, how many of us are looking at real estate and always go to the cheapest option? Uh, and some of you go out of state, you go to the cheapest stuff in a market you know nothing about. Out of state investing in a cheap market is a recipe for disaster. And if I hear one more time that my I'm buying houses for less than the cost of my Tesla, I'm going to pull my hair out. That doesn't make it a good deal. Um, and the last thing I'll say on this is, you know how arrogant you sound to me when you say you're going to go to a market and you tell me, Michael, I found a house and I ask you how many days on market, you tell me 173 and you're going to write a full price offer. You know how arrogant that is? You don't think there's local investors that have looked at that 17 times and tried to get it for this or that. It is arrogant to think that you are somehow special because you can write a check for a home at list price that's been on the market for 100 days. Don't be that person. You can go broke buying cheap, and I see it all the time. Uh, that is one that frustrates me to no end because, again, you have the capital. You could buy better. You could buy you could get a loan and buy a better quality property in a better neighborhood, but you insist that buying cheap is the right answer because you could pay cash. Just because you can pay cash doesn't make it a good deal. Don't fall for that trap. That's my third and final one. No, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, that comes up often. I live in an area where it doesn't make sense, so I'm going to buy somewhere else. And, and it's going to be the video that we do on my channel, uh, and, and I'll reference Millennial Mike. Right, he, he lives in a high cost of living area, so he house acts and he invests at a distance. And if if he was investing at a distance and he said, "Look, Gary, Indiana is super cheap, so I'm going to buy there." I would think he was stupid, but he went, I watched Mark invest there for months, got a, tr you know, a track record proof that he can do this piggybacked on his network that's in place. And he trusts Mark like a mentor. Now it's not stupid. Now he's got the system totally makes sense. But if you or me or anybody said, calls somebody in Gary, Indiana and says, I have California money. I want to buy a property. They're going to send you a great looking deal. That exactly like you said, all the locals passed on because they know it's going to be extremely high turnover in an area where the cops can't go alone, where they, they know why they've been passing on it. <clears throat> but the numbers will look great to you with, with your 
or California money or your out-of-state investor money. And uh, that drives me crazy when everybody says, I can't invest here. I'm going to find another market. You don't find another market based on numbers. You find a market based on where you you have a, a, a either you know the market or you have someone there you trust that does. Exactly right. Well, Dion, what channel is this going to be on? What's your YouTube channel? Dion Talk Financial Freedom. Thank you so much.